Welcome to episode 89 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you once again, practically live from high above the Mellow Mushroom in teeming metropolitan downtown Franklin, Tennessee. But you are not the most mellow person anymore in the country. Oh, no. Because <laughs> Tuesday was election day. Yes. And Colorado now is filled with people more mellow than you, Nashville folks, high atop. And I mean <laughs> high atop the mellow mushroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to have to discuss that with our guest here in a little while. We're going to dial him in from the Rocky Mountains there and find out what's going on in oh. that Rocky Mountain high. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rocky Mountain... <laughs> Hi, Colorado. Uh, now, uh, out there in California, uh, Aaron, this, of course, is our fearless, uh, fearless Commodore, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Porter. Uh, you guys, you didn't have a, uh, a weed initiative on the ballot this year. You've already legalized it for medicinal use. And apparently there's been, uh, as from my travels in California... Uh, it seems to me that there must have been just uh, I mean, an awful lot of people got very sick suddenly. <laughs> there's been a there's been a rise in sickness uh, the last few years. It's a it's an epidemic in California. <laughs> Speaking of which, you're not feeling that well today. Uh, uh, my 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 kids have been sick for a week. I thought I dodged the bullet, and then uh, yesterday it got me. Oh, oh I hate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, we got the same thing going on at our house because we, uh, I've got grandkids living with me now, yeah. and uh, Chloe just started kindergarten, mm-hmm. which means she brings presents home from school. Yes, she does. About <laughs> twenty nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Allie is uh, is miserable today, and my daughter's sick. Uh, but I so far, so far, I've dodged the bullet. Don't jinx me here, Aaron. Uh, no, 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 I won't jinx you. Yeah. You should just fly to Colorado. <laughs> no, wait. Yes. you got to fly to California. Fly to California to get, yes. Uh, the, no, the wait, you're not sick yet. I'm you have sick. to go to Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now uh, Mondo, you've got lots of, uh, you know, curtain climbers at your house. Uh, yes. No, nobody's sick right now. Really? Yeah, which is a surprise. Yeah. Because usually around this time, they're they're catching it. Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And, uh, the fall for us in our house is usually pretty rough. The ragweed is yeah. really pretty bad. And, yeah. Uh, but so far, it's been pretty good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm crossing my fingers on that. Of course, you haven't been spending a lot of time at home. You've been here in the studio uh, pounding out the hits for... Uh, okay, five. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been living here, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, leaving 11, 30, 12 every night, coming back in at 7. Oh, man. 7, 8 o'clock. And, yeah. So, it's it's been good, though. I mean, it's... it's it's good work to be doing, but yeah. it's burning midnight oil. And I really want to wind down before the holidays if yeah. I can. I, yeah. I usually pound through the holidays, but yeah. I'm trying to change it, you know, trying to do some grown man stuff, you know, just be, you know, have some more time with the family and not think about the to-do to list at work. Boy. And so I'm really trying to wind down so that way Thanksgiving I can just be totally on the family and not at work. And isn't it tough to maintain a balanced life uh, when – you know, the reality is that work ebbs and flows. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's hard to stay on top of that wave. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm uh, looking forward this weekend to my to my final uh, speaking trip of the year. I think mm-hmm. I still have to speak a few times this year, but I don't have to go out of town. Mm-hmm. 
just was in uh, Lloydminster, Canada last weekend, a three-hour drive from Edmonton up in the oil patch. Oh, yeah. Lloydminster's on the, right on the provincial line between Alberta and Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. uh, had a good time there with the men of Promise Keepers Canada. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow I'll get on the plane and go to Calgary for another PK Canada event. Very uh, cool. And then uh, Sunday, from what I understand, the team and I are going to go up into Banff. I haven't been to Banff before, up in the Canada that uh, ski ski area up in the Canadian Rockies. They tell me it's going to be 15 below zero. That is perfect for Nate Larkin. Fahrenheit. Yeah. <laughs> below. Ow! <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. So I packed a pair of my wife's long underwear. There you go. And uh, <laughs> can you uh, tweet a picture of that? No, <laughs> no, I cannot. Uh, how about Don't worry, it won't cause anyone to stumble. <laughs> no, no. But I got to tell you, I am feeling better, and I think it has something to do with the fact that I finally um, faced the reality that I do not possess the discipline necessary to get myself in shape. Mm. And I went down to our local community rec center, and I hired me a trainer. There we go. Yes. Um, great guy. Young guy who I was disturbed to find out is younger than my uh, oldest son. Uh, but I think he might be younger than my youngest son. Mm. Uh, but we have some great talks, and meanwhile, he pushes me to do things I would never do on my own. Yeah. Uh, I usually hate him after 45 minutes, but i got to tell you, I'm feeling so good today. That's good, man. And I yeah. think it has something to do with uh, the torture he put me through yesterday. Yeah. Another reminder that we are embodied spirits, that spiritual health and mental health cannot be separated from physical health. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a good recovery path has us doing all of that stuff together. Yeah. And speaking of physical health, let me let me share a little something. Yeah. Uh, I had a physical about mm -hmm. uh, three, four weeks ago. And uh, I didn't really like what the doctor told me. Ah. Uh, the couple was uh, specifically two things that uh, I was like, are you talking to me? Mm. He said, yeah. I was like, no. Uh, so what is, you know, it, it's yeah. one of those things I'm like, is he just joking? Is yeah. he, you know, so it it really woke me up. I've never had a health problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, you know, being a boy, I mean, you know, yeah. broken stuff and things like that, but actually yeah. had some sort of a issue or potentially an issue. Right. Or being on the borderline of anything. Yeah. Uh, it, it woke me up, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the point where, you know, the, the eating has changed, the everything, the the exercise has increased. Yeah. Uh, the frequency of the exercise has increased. I mean, yeah. I exercise, but not as frequent as I should. Right. Um, just just everything that from what I'm drinking to what I'm eating to. Yeah. You know how much I'm eating to this, that, and the other. I mean, everything's adjusted, and I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, we'll see some better results. And when I go back for a checkup, but but yeah, man, it's amazing how you can get rocked. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. It, it was it was hard to stomach. I was like, what? You're not talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, it's right there. Look. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you don't understand. I'm immortal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. So you're so right, man. It's just as important as our mental and spiritual health, our physical health. It's the temple, man. Yeah. You know? And it's, this is cross training. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we can fall into the trap of uh, trying to just care for ourselves spiritually and emotionally and neglect the physical mm -hmm. uh, dimension. That's right. And pay the price. Yep. Amen. 
What's new there, Mr. Aaron, out in Porterland? Oh, man, I don't know. Just trying to uh, get ready for for the holiday season, mm-hmm. getting excited for it. Uh, it doesn't feel like fall here yet. We keep having these weeks of 80, mid-80s, upper 80s degree weather. Yeah. So I'm waiting for fall I hate to come. You. I know. It's it's sprinkled <laughs> last night. I was excited about that. Oh, does fall mean rain for you? water on the ground. Yeah, what does fall mean for you guys? Uh, well, in the town I grew up in, 15 minutes away, the, the leaves would fall. Okay. There's not, not as many trees. There's a lot of palm trees at my house here. So uh, if we get windy nights, a lot of palm fronds fall year-round. Mm-hmm. But other than that... Uh, Fall's just a little cooler weather. Yeah, yeah. a few clouds but, here and there. Yeah, a few clouds. <laughs> but oh, it usually great. means we're we're putting up decorations. It's just okay. that feel. I yeah, love yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but when we have summer weather, it just ruins it for me. Mm. Yeah. So I'm waiting for fall to hit, and I I had a great time. You know, my oldest son, uh, he and I do homeschool together, and. Uh, he he said, I just, I love this time of year, but boy, I get excited about the day, and then the special days come, and they just feel like any other day. we got to make sure that the days feel more special this year. Wow. Because that, that's just no good. Yeah. yeah. I said, man, you, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head, man. It's like, yeah, last year, I remember we woke up for Thanksgiving, and it just felt like any other day. I didn't like that. Wow. Well, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break. Can you dig some cool music out of the out of your uh, vast treasure yeah. trove there? Yeah. Okay. And we'll come back and open up the mailbag. All right. Let's do it. All right. Nailed at the altar, my prayers make them tall. Nevertheless, oh, nevertheless. like to eat at my friend Cause's place, gumbo and red beans are thrust down my face, still the main reason why I take so much space, nevertheless, oh, nevertheless. And we're back on the Pirate Month Podcast, time to go to the mailbag. Uh, here's one I... I would really love to have you guys help me answer. This comes from uh, a buddy, actually, uh, from England, a guy named Joshua David Jones. Uh, you may recall a couple of years ago I went on a walking tour through England. Yeah, with, yeah. Yeah, with a few guys. Uh, by the way, we're going to do that again this year. Really? Set aside, set aside uh, June 28th to July uh, 8th of 2013 to go on another stroll through England. Hmm. Uh, got a few openings there. We're going to limit it to ten guys, and we'll do uh, you know we'll do a daily Samson meeting, and we'll walk between pubs, and we'll sleep in inns, and it'll oh, be a cool. good time. That's cool. Well, on our way, uh, we uh, uh, one of the uh, British Samson guys, this guy Josh, came down from Robin Hood land. He lived somewhere around Sherwood Forest or Nottingham. Nottingham, that's where he is. Okay. And uh, walked with us for a day. Uh, so he writes this. 
It was good meeting you a year and a half ago in the Cotswolds here in England. As you may remember, I work with university students here in Nottingham. I'd like to ask you guys your views on a potentially thorny issue. I've come across strong views on both sides of this and wondered if you could share some wisdom as I've not heard you speak on this before on your podcast. Does a person receive something unique in relationships in relationships with people of the opposite gender that he or she would not receive from people of the same gender? If so, does a spouse provide all that's needed spiritually, emotionally, relationally that will ever be needed from the opposite gender, or are cross-gender friendships still necessary for the health of the person? Does cutting oneself off from friendships with the opposite gender increase one's likelihood towards sexual immorality? as opposed to those who have warm but healthy and godly friendships with members of the opposite gender? Does that distance, which many think makes them safer, actually set them up more for a fall? Could one of the snares that draws so many Christian men into porn addiction be a hunger for something that he's failing to receive in healthy, godly relationships from his sisters in Christ? I ask this last question because some of the young men I work with are not only isolated from meaningful brotherhood, but also from meaningful relationships with their sisters as well. One young man mentioned to me that uh, now that he had stronger friendships with many of the girls in his church, he felt more of a revulsion toward porn, as now he saw girls in the pictures or the videos more as real people. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll grab this question first. Uh, okay. Our, yeah. our British friend has tipped his hand as to his opinion on this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly he's he's feeling like it's important that guys have friendships with with the sisters. Yeah. Uh, the the really, I'll say when I started ministry, I distanced myself from women in a way that made women feel bad. Uh, they, uh, you know, I was young, young twenties. Well, the mm -hmm. week I turned twenty, I was in full time ministry, and. It was because I had not yet learned how to be uh, personal with women without being intimate, and so I just didn't uh, engage women at all except as a very pastoral figure. Yeah. And that's something that I think most men and women do not know how to do, and if they don't, then they cannot be in appropriate relationships with each other because that's how... Uh, inappropriate physical intimacy happens. And here's what I mean by that. Intimacy is not just physical sex or physical touching. Intimacy begins with the sharing of the heart and the mind. And we learn this when we're in junior high. When you start talking on the phone with some girl and sharing your inner parts and guys start drawing out the how the girl feels and her secrets and stuff that you believe she doesn't tell to anybody else and you start to get that tingly I'm special feeling because she's telling me that's because you're sharing intimacy right and guys learn to draw that out of women they love yeah. drawing that out of women and that's why so many affairs happen in the workplace because a man will start having conversations with a woman that she's feeling disconnected from her husband and he starts asking those questions and she starts sharing intimacy. Inappropriate intimacy happens long before physical intimacy. 
And if a man and a woman don't understand that, then they start having this connection that is meant for a committed relationship Mm -hmm. uh, long before they get into a physical relationship. Now, you can have a great relationship with a woman that is personal and honest without crossing the boundary into intimacy, but that takes skill and understanding and knowledge. My wife and I can definitely have a relationship with a couple. I right now meet with uh, two women, one that is in need of some help and some coaching, but I do that with another older woman, and we get into some very personal issues, but I do it with the two women so that she has this older woman that is her go-to person throughout the week so that we do it appropriately. Now, does that mean that I'm still connecting with this sister and we're growing in our relationship within the body of Christ? Absolutely. But would I do that alone with her? No, I think there's a good way to go about it that keeps us in a safe place within the context of our church body. Yeah. Yeah. So understanding what intimacy within our conversation, I would never have the same kind of a relationship I have with my brothers with just every random woman. I think that puts my heart and hers at danger. And the Bible says, hey, I need to guard my heart above all else for from it issues forth life. Yeah, yeah. Very good, yeah. You know, I agree. In my early years of recovery, um, I really, really kept my distance from women. Now, fortunately for me, my behavior did not involve affairs. Uh, my relationships were with women whose names I didn't want to know, who I was paying to be physical with me, or with uh, women in pornography, so that I wasn't connecting. Uh, but I was, uh, especially during the early years of recovery, when Allie was still processing her anger toward me, and um, you know we were emotionally separated. I was very vulnerable at that point. And if I'd allowed myself to become emotionally close with a hurting woman, I'd like to think that I wouldn't have, uh, you know, slipped into an illicit relationship. But I know myself well enough to know that I was vulnerable. And so um, I really kept my distance from women almost as though I were allergic to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I avoided them. And I probably made some women in the process wonder what was wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good. And it, it, I think it's crucially important for guys. Let's remember the woman. The way we can't blame women for our lust problems. Right. Uh, there, right. there are cultures that do that. Right. Right. And, right. and so then they make the woman, you know, dress head to toe in black, and you know, never be seen in public, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, that does not solve lust problems. The, they're not the problem. However, I've got to. I've got to be honest enough to admit that I have my own vulnerabilities. Um, these days, um, I still I feel the need just uh, for myself, and sometimes I think you know, just to protect my sisters, right. um, not to get myself into situations that are potentially compromising. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be meeting women alone for mm-hmm. lunch. Or coffee, or even worse, someplace and you know going off for a walk together, someplace right, right. private, right. so they can pour out their hearts to me and tell me what's going on. 
um, I encounter a lot of hurting women now, mm-hmm. guys who you know women who've been hurt by the guys who are will soon become my brothers, um, and a hurting woman's a vulnerable woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're on to something, Aaron. It yeah. it, it is really important, uh, really important for me, however, to be able to be to have a connection. Uh, and a heart connection, emotional connection, to listen, to respect, to respond, to mirror um, uh, women as well as men. Um, as long as I don't cross the line. Yeah, and I, I think that line can. This may sound a little weird, but I think that line can be the same even with a guy. Oh sure. Because yeah. be, because at the end of the day. When someone is vulnerable, a person, a male or female, right. talking to one of us can become dependent on us in our relationship right. for their emotional stability, their emotional comfort, uh-huh. their how they may view themselves. That that company we provide to them uh, is it can get unhealthy. That's right. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't think it's it is a female male female thing. And I do think with with women, as far as us being guys, you have to be careful. Um, and I think doing it responsibly, as Aaron was suggesting, yeah. uh, with it, with an older woman when you're conversing about certain things. Yeah. I mean, and I've noticed, man, with friends of mine and myself, you know, when when you are a likable kind of a person, yeah, um, you may have influence in a certain area. Yeah, you may have some sort of charisma or charm or whatever it may be. A lot of times, the content of your conversation is ignored because those other things outshine it. Yeah, and when you're dealing with a woman who's emotional who uh, is vulnerable, yeah. who's in a place of looking for something, trying to figure it out, whatever it may be. Yeah. She's not really listening too much too much of the content of what you're saying. She's looking at what that what what's bringing the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that charisma, that yeah. that that's that smile, that yeah. he's he's there for me kind of deal and that can easily go down an unhealthy road quickly. And let's, you know, let's not paper over this. There's always going to be a percentage of us humans who um Whose issue is same-sex attraction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I've definitely found that same sexual vibe. I've encountered that in uh, same-sex relationships. Mm-hmm. If it's there, then I've got, then I've got to name it with the guy I'm with. We got to talk about it. Right. And uh, you know, it could become uh, an injurious relationship. That's what I'm saying. I, I, that's what exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, it's it's that thing where it's it ha- you have to handle both cases responsibly. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I really like about uh, this, the letter, though, is I think especially for college guys, um, uh, working with college people for so long myself, guys use this as such a manipulation when they don't acknowledge how they are really trying, uh, and unconsciously a lot of times, to cross that intimacy line so that... Uh so that they make that connection with women. Yeah. Um, but for a man to learn, okay, I need to honor women and become friends with them because college guys are usually in groups with women, and so they need to not avoid them, and they need to develop healthy relationships right. and boundaries. Right. So what I like is if these guys are developing relationships where they're honoring these women – in ways where it's not just about physical boundaries, but their emotional boundaries. Yeah. Then they're actually learning to be true men 
that are upholding and protecting the hearts of these women and not just the bodies of these women. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah. now that's awesome. Yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah. That is, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, Josh, I hope we've... Uh, Shed a little light on your question, and thank you for the question. Shed a little light on uh, – gave, gave, gave me something now, something to yeah, ponder. We'll, sure. we'll talk some more about it. Love to hear from our listeners to the podcast. What what thoughts uh, arise in your mind when you consider this question? You can let us know. Just drop us a note at samsonpodcast at gmail.com. All right. We've got a great guest today. We'll be back with him in just a moment here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Heard, heard by the pavement starting over. Picking up pieces on our road. And burned, burned by the system we are under. Giving up is all we've ever known. Hope is a word left undefined. When dreams get pushed aside, we are all wounded soldiers. Trying to get back on our feet Don't even know the war is over Still searching for relief When are we gonna open our eyes And see we've been redeemed Wounded soldiers Wounded soldiers we are back on the Pirate Monk Podcast, back with none other than uh, Michael Cusick, author of Surfing for God, uh, making a return appearance here not long after he kind of blew the doors off on yeah. his last one. Yep. Michael, how are you? I am doing really well. Thanks for having me on your your uh, your Nate cast. <laughs> no, oh, oh, no. Hey there. Now, that's... Uh... That's a rough way to start the interview. <laughs> you're, you're asking for the tough questions now, Mister. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this state you live in and this uh, cannabis thing, huh? Yes. Let's just uh, fire it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You uh, you 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 haven't fired one up before this conversation, have you, Michael? I have never smoked marijuana. To uh, I yeah, that's my, my the Pharisee in me. I've never smoked yeah. marijuana, but it's an interesting ethical question for the Christian now that it's legal. Yeah, does one do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I join you there, Michael. Um, I'm pure as the driven snow when it comes to marijuana. Don't look at the rest of my life, but I've never I've never done it. We're not going to ask these other guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look. Um, Surfing for God, it's uh, it's uh, this thing is surfing. That you've had a great yeah. response to the book, haven't you, Michael? Yeah, it's been amazing. The book bo- the book came out June fifth. I think I talked to you about a month before the book came out when I was on your show last. Yeah. And it has been uh, a second full time job for me. I've done a fair bit of traveling, and uh, the response has been overwhelming. And uh, it's we're we're hearing reports and stories about how it's uh, 
setting people free and changing their lives and opening their eyes and more than anything, helping them understand how deeply God loves them, uh, whether they're struggling and captive or whether they're absolutely free and that there is a way to be free. Yeah. And it's crossing uh, cultural boundaries as well. Tell us about that. Yes, uh, there is a redneck version that is available now. (laughs) (laughs) We all all come surfing. um, It is uh, being released in Tennessee. It's ice blocking for God. (laughs) It's uh, it's being translated into Korean, interestingly, and I'm headed there in December for a week to uh, do a kind of book tour, and then in April it'll be in Spanish. And uh, we're uh, the Koreans. uh, The Koreans don't use porn, do they? Well, interestingly, the uh, the professor locally, who is a well-known Christian author over there, told me that though America is the biggest uh, producer of porn, that Korea is the largest consumer. And that's very interesting in light of hmm. how widespread the Christian church is there. Yeah, 80% of uh, South Koreans uh, identify themselves as Christians, and yet they've got a huge porn problem. How yes. ironic. Yes. Mm. Okay. Mm. So you'll be going over there. What are, you, um, uh, what are you going to be doing in Korea? Well, I'm, uh, I'm going in conjunction with a friend of mine that produced a movie called Trade of Innocence, which is about the sex trafficking uh, industry. And uh, it's actually starring Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino and Dermot Mulroney, and it's a fantastic movie. And that is being premiered in Korea, and the Koreans – and my friend wanted something that would address the actual issue of sexual brokenness. So, okay, we can address this from a social issue of trying to stop the uh, supply through trafficking, but Mm -hmm. what can we do to stop the demand? And so everywhere uh, the movie goes, I will go, and we're speaking at six of the biggest churches over there. Stunning fact, one of the churches has half a million people, and the smallest church we'll be at will have uh, 16,000 people. Good grief. Wow. Different, different mindset over there. So we'll have some incredible opportunities to speak because of this movie. Yeah. Holy smokes. That's awesome. It'll be interesting, too, to see how – I don't know what the publisher has done, but Surfing for God may not actually translate culturally into Korean. Uh, the, the Spanish version is going to be called Sex, Desire, and God. So it'll be uh, – we're kind of all waiting to see whether it's really funny or whether it doesn't, doesn't cross, but – how yeah. you translate culturally surfing for God should be interesting. Wow, wow. Now, uh, Michael, for years uh, prior to the publication of this book, you've been ministering to men one at a time, basically, doing two-week intensives. Yes. Uh, now you're out, you're speaking to uh, large groups, and uh, from what I understand, you've got a vision for... Um, a way to it's, it's kind of it's a bridge between those two you're not talking to a thousand guys or a hundred guys even uh, but you're going to work with more than one guy at a time for less than two weeks what, what what's up your sleeve well it's uh, it's called uh, the sex desire and God intensive workshop and uh, you're right for over ten years I've, I've worked with either a couple or one man at a time and those have been largely pastors and Christian leaders with the idea that if you can uh, help set free a leader, that that's going to impact the community. And, and that's been a joy, and it's also been really fruitful for me to see men set free. But God has really called me 
to uh, get this message of surfing for God out to more people. And in reality, when a church or a mission organization is not paying for that two-week intensive, it's not very cost-effective, and uh, a limited number of people can be helped. So we created this intensive workshop. It's going to be held right here in Colorado, and the first go-round, we're keeping it intentionally very small with uh, 28 men. And um, it'll go from a Thursday night to Sunday noon, mm-hmm. and it's far more cost-effective uh and uh, the focus will really be a balance of going back and forth between some teaching that really engages the heart as much as the mind, and then uh, group experiences where uh, every group will be leaded, uh, limited to seven men with two leaders. And I've brought in some of the finest counselors from across the, the country, uh, from Dallas, from Missouri, from Chicago, and three men from here. And they're all men that I have trained when they were in graduate school and or supervised after their graduate training and we stayed in touch and they've all really been living this message so men will come and uh they'll they'll get to hear my teaching but also sit down with men that have lived this message and applied it to their lives and uh i think it's going to be really really powerful nate wow that is that is exciting uh because i have been praying about um you know where God's going to take you in the next step on this exciting journey that you're on. And uh, now that you describe this to me, Michael, it just makes so much sense. And you're going to do it right up there at, at Bear Trap Ranch, right? Yeah, Bear Trap Ranch was a really, really uh, exquisite property. Um, it's it's rather rustic. InterVarsity owned this camp for 60 years, and they could no longer sustain it. Uh, and so they donated it to a friend of mine's foundation in Colorado Springs, who is now running it. They're doing some work on it, upgrading it. It's supposed to have world-class food. Uh, the staff there is really great. Mm-hmm. There's, we're going to be meeting in uh, a large uh, training area that's uh, going to just be beautiful. It's seven miles west of the Broadmoor Hotel, right outside of downtown Colorado Springs. So. It's uh, it's it's right close to the city, uh, and yet you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Actually, uh, yeah, the Band of Brothers has got that property up there now, um, and I'll be. Uh, no, so so what are the dates? Give us the dates. The dates for the very first one. Drum roll, please. The inaugural debut, uh, Surfing for God intensive workshop, is November 29th through December 2nd. That's uh, three weeks from today. And um, uh, folks fly into either Colorado Springs or Denver. And uh, obviously, if people are within a drive, they can do that too. And it's all inclusive uh, of food, lodging, everything. And uh, if you'd like me to talk about cost, I can do that as well, because I know that that's an issue for people. Uh, yeah, right now, people... The... Yeah, that's the yeah. whole thing. The whole thing is $875, and if people register before midnight tonight, they'll receive the Ginsu knife. No, I'm sorry. They will, they will they'll get, they'll get $100 off if they register before November 15th. We're really trying to uh, book it out, all 28 spots, before the 15th so that we can plan on that. Yeah. So $875 minus $100. And uh, again, that's all. Wait, hold on, I'm I'm working out the math on that one. Boy, that's a bargain, so man. Eight seventy-five minus a hundred. <laughs> so so six hundred and forty dollars <laughs> if you. Okay. Well, you, for, you forgot to carry the four. 
<laughs> oh, man. There's a reason I went into ministry. Yeah. Well, Aaron, it's new math. Oh, I hate that. So how, how often do you plan on doing these? I hope to do one eventually every other month. And then uh, I want to offer one, hopefully in February, for people that are in ministries who have already done their own recovery work and who are in ministries uh, formally or informally with men with sexual brokenness. And then we want to uh, spend time with them, equip them, and set them free to go do this ministry. Uh, hopefully by January 1st, we will have our discussion guide done uh, and workbook for Surfing for God, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, it's going to be multimedia and interactive. And uh, my goal is really to to give this material and message to the body of Christ and let them run with it. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in this day and age to create all kinds of product and to focus on profit, and there's not a problem with that. You know, uh, I make money off my books, obviously, but I want to create these materials so people can run with it and they don't have to go not every man will have to go to a workshop or to an intensive that they will have uh, a church or a community or a small group or a Samson society that they can make a phone call and show up in a couple of days and and meet with people that can really share liberating truth where they can be real where they can get healing where they can get equipped and get empowered to 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 walk toward freedom and then pass it on to others so what is the you're sitting down with folks obviously the surfing for god idea you're uh, I'm, I'm guessing based on the book is you're trying to help them understand what they're really searching for in any of these actions is something god put in them this desire this hunger to be searching for him so what is what is the thrust in this short time that you hope they're walking away with uh, great question. What I hope is men will walk away with an experience where they have felt safe to get absolutely real, but not just to get real and share their junk, but to really be able to understand the nature of their brokenness, why they've been doing what they've been doing, to understand what's underneath and behind their, their sexual acting out, to realize that it's really not about sex, in places where there's uh, wounding and shame during the weekend itself, there will be lots of opportunities for healing for, from that. Uh, and then ultimately, when they leave, to be equipped and to have a plan and a pathway more than anything to walk this out. And uh, really, we want to we wanna push men back into or for the first time into community where they can uh, do this with brothers. Well, what a what a dynamite vision! What an exciting vision! And um, you know, uh, I know I love you, and I know you're, and I respect you. And I know you're a smart guy, but I think this idea is bigger than you, Michael. Um, uh, you know, I I see God all over it, and I'm grateful for your uh, your your faith, your willingness to think this big, and uh, uh, to jump this far. Well, thank you know. Nate, one of the, I appreciate you saying that. One of the best days that I've had just in terms of joy and fun was when you came out to Colorado and we got to hang out for a day yeah. and just kind of brainstorm and dream. And, uh, you know, whether, whether it's specifically something with Samson Society or you or the men that are now listening to this podcast, um, I'm, I'm listening intently to the Spirit of God of how we do this and what we 
do, and it is bigger than me. It's bigger than restoring the soul. Um, there, and, and it's even bigger than the book Surfing for God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's message of the gospel, and uh, I want to partner with folks and uh, and really hold up something that will be liberating for people. And uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about it and love all that you're doing. Okay. Well, Michael, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you got a lot on your plate. It was uh, nice of you to to uh, dial us up here on the Skype. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Uh, we'll have to talk about that February uh, workshop. Maybe we'll bring some of the boys out there for that thing. That would be awesome. Yeah, okay. putting something together. We'll keep you posted. Bless you guys. Bye-bye. Okay, so long. So there you have it, fellas. A great follow-up conversation, wasn't it, with John Michael Cusick, author of Surfing for God, a good guy who uh, loves God and loves his brothers. And uh, and he's a broken man. He's a messed up man who's God, who God is using in remarkable ways. Mm-hmm. Isn't it beautiful to look around and see who God uses, even uh, people like us? Yeah. Well, uh, we're drawing to a close. Uh, we'll have final thoughts in just a moment when we return on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Whoa! Well, welcome back once again. Our time, sadly, has come to an end. Once again, you're listening to the Pirate Monk Podcast, but not for much longer. <laughs> but if you want the fun to continue, even while we're away, you can write to us and pretend we're listening while you type. <laughs> you just need to send that thing to Mondo Samson Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll make sure to address your email on our next one or two or three podcasts <laughs> if we think your email is any good. <laughs> No, that's not true. That's we'll, not we'd true. Love to, yeah. We'd love to talk about it even if your email sucks. So <laughs> write to us. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> and that's all we got for today. So until next time, uh, we have Private Nate Larkin, Mr. Mondo Grimes, and we'll talk to you next time on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, give yourself.